901, ladies and gentlemen, 88.9, Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Tyler Tubby, back. It's been a week, Tubbs. Or not Tubbs, Chew. No Tubbs. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe I started the day off. I'm. You know what? Let's let's start and do this again. Let's let let's do this again. Let's do this again. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna back up. We're gonna do this all over. Nine oh two eighty eight point nine Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after Thursday edition. Tyler and Chewy yes, here. Sir. It's been a week, sir. Now I got it right. Yeah, it's okay. You know I, what I'm saying my my face hasn't been here. I know you haven't. I know you missed me and stuff. So here I am. I'm back. Back and better than ever is the athlete formerly known as Chewy. Appreciate the time today, sir. Uh, you know him and I will get into a lot of different things. Chewy is a very versatile commentator. Yes. Um, he's got a lot that he can he can go off on in tangents, much like myself. Uh, hopefully, he can formulate words, unlike Tubby could yesterday. I don't know if you caught yesterday's show. I saw his tweet. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I don't know what got into him yesterday. What happened? Uh, he just didn't bring it. I mean, we were having a lively discussion, maybe mostly with myself, um, about <laughs> how the NFL's replay procedure um, could be changed and should be changed. And um, he just said, "There's a lot." He was just there was a lot of pondering coming out of of oh, okay. Tubby yesterday. Oh. And then when I really needed him to to hit home and make a point, he said, "He said I he's like I I, I can't find the words to say it." <laughs> yeah, so I'm lost, like, "Lost for words." Ah, uh, okay. That's that's that's, that's fine. A, that's the first. The right. I was like, "That's fine," but the problem is, you know, we kind of. It's kind of a radio show. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of, kind of what you're here for. That's the first though. I've never seen him have a loss for words. He usually has a lot to say. Has a lot of uh, opinions that he needs to get out. So sometimes a lot of them we like him to just keep to himself. To be honest with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But wow, that's 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 funny. So, uh, yeah, no, but today, good stuff on tap. Um, Thursday night football, week six, National Football League gets underway, uh, Chewy. And then also at 9, around 9.49.45, hopefully, I haven't heard otherwise, uh, we're going to have my broadcast partner for Borough Football, Mike Fenner, calling on into the show to uh, talk some Borough Football. We have a Thursday nighter for you fine folks here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio uh, with the Edinburgh Fighting Scots making a short trek up I-79 to take on the Gannon Golden Knights tonight. That's a 6 o'clock kick uh, from Tulio Field, I believe it's called. I don't know. I probably got that wrong. But uh, we'll be up there at Gannon. First time, I'll, first time I'm ever going to be at Gannon. Cross this one off the ever? PSAC checklist. Yeah, ever. You've never been to Gannon for, for a sporting event? No. Really? Even last year? When we Even last year. Well, wow. yeah, I think you guys went to Gannon um, when I... Like over winter break, and I was I was gone. Oh yeah, okay, okay. So, Jeez. yeah, I wasn't there. That was all. That was a Fenner solo trip, I believe. So I missed that one. So first time going to Gannon, cross that one off the checklist of the PSAC schools, and um, we'll have that tonight. You've been everywhere else though. Not everywhere else. Not everywhere else. No, not uh, Cheney. Mike and I were just going through this the other day on a bus to East Stroudsburg with the football team because there's not much else to do when you're on the bus for six hours. Um, <laughs> I haven't been to Lock Haven yet. Okay. Uh, no, no Cheney. 
you're not missing anything there. <laughs> you been to Cheney? Been yeah, been, been there. to Cheney. Yeah. Is it as bad as I would think it should be? Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I'm gonna just leave it at that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, Gannon is cool though. Gannon. Got a, yeah, well, I mean, a it's a private atmosphere. school, right? So it's probably it's probably fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it. They've got a great atmosphere, at least for well, the basketball games from what I've seen. Um, it was pretty. It's pretty rocking. Pretty rocking. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so that's tonight, 6 o'clock, 5.45. Pre-game will get started with Mike and myself. You can hear from head coach Scott Browning in the pre-game. And then also uh, kicker Austin Reese, who's been a big, uh, I think, surprise early on and now just a shining moment of Borough football. Um, yes, he's very solid. Very and, uh, you know, he, he had some good things to say. Um, I, I was able to, to associate myself with him because I was a kicker in my day. You know, which we've talked about. I didn't, I didn't know that. We, no, okay, no, yeah. So my that. one year of glory <laughs> in football, uh, kicker, starting kicker, starting punter, starting nose guard. That's right, nose guard. I didn't know any of this. And third string fullback. <laughs> now, I uh, started nose guard. I don't know how many tackles I had. Too many to count. No, is, this is high school? This was seventh grade. Seventh grade. Oh, okay, got gotcha. I was a one-hit wonder. Okay, then I gotcha. gave up. Then I gave up. So it's just seventh grade and out. This is the seventh grade and I'm done. Okay. And um, then I went fullback, one carry in my career, negative three yards. <laughs> so that that never happened again. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I was a, uh, I played a a variety of positions. I was a tight end, linebacker. Of course, you were a tight end. All. All uh, basketball players, it seems like, are tight yeah. ends in football. Yeah. You're well, just athletic uh, yeah, yeah, prowess yeah. and such. All right, well, we're going to stop going down memory lane here. We've got to get moving here. Uh, one thing I want to touch with you, because this is something that I think Tubby probably doesn't even know is going on, because I just don't think he's following this type of sports. Um, but the Lamar Odom situation, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's something as a basketball player yourself you can speak to. As, an, as a fan of the NBA, uh, for years and years and years you can speak to. And uh, for those of you that maybe aren't following this, because this is kind of an off-the-wall type of story, I mean, it was, bro- it was broken by TMZ. That just kind of shows you know, the type of story it is, because TMZ is not giving you breaking scores, not giving you trades. Mm-hmm. They're giving you the, the dirty, nitty-gritty of, yeah. the, uh, of the sports world. And uh, Lamar Odom who's being referred to as a reality TV star, but let's forget he was also the sixth man sixth of the year, man of the year yep. two-time NBA Finals champ, I believe. Yep. Two and uh, he's got two rings. So he's, he's done a little bit more than, you know, star on keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. But whatever, that's America for you. <laughs> um, so Lamar Odom was found unconscious. Said he had every drug imaginable in his system. Right, he was found unconscious. When was this? Monday or yesterday? What's this, today? The, it broke yesterday. I My believe. days of the week are all messed up. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, the reading day messed reading up. Reading day is yeah. really screwed with me. I mean, I could use one of them every week. Oh yeah, I'm not yeah, complain, yeah. I'm not, but no complaints. <laughs> it's just kind of thrown me off. Anywho, he was found unconscious in a legal brothel in Las Vegas. That's crazy. And um, now a Nevada sheriff came out as this story keeps developing. You said it broke, you know, yesterday, the day before. Uh, he says the person who called in the nine called into nine one one to report that Odom was found unconscious at a brothel said the former star used cocaine and taking several uh, sexual performance enhancers. 
So, like you said, like almost every drug. Imagine, I would assume. I mean, okay. I don't know. Right. That department of pharmaceuticals. Right. So we're just gonna go with that. Okay. Um. Hmm. It's called Love Ranch. Is the brothel he was at? Um. Apparently, an employee for Love Ranch told 911 dispatchers, everyone that called, told told him that Odom was found unresponsive with blood and quote unquote white stuff coming from his nose and mouth. So that was probably like he was foaming at the mouth, mouth, like almost just a bad mix of of pills and and the like. And, you know, you probably think, oh, Lamar Odom, you know, he's going downhill after the Kardashian breakup and all that. He was in some trouble with drugs before the like. Um, He's only 35 years old. Relatively young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's that's pretty darn young. Yeah, you know what? A thing I was reading about him was a lot of the players around the league, um, they never had anything negative to say about him because he was such a, a positive influence in the NBA. He never had anything negative or mean to say about anybody. He kind of just went about his business, did his own thing, and I was, as I was reading further, they were talking about how he has he had a lot of trouble in his past. Mm-hmm. I guess his his uh, father was uh, his fa- either one or we either his father or his mother mother was a crack addict, and and then one of the other I can't remember, but one of the other had died from cancer, and so he just had a lot of trouble, like a lot of trouble going on in his past, and even as he was growing up, like they said he used to smoke weed before games. He always had a lot of like um, addictions that. I guess he couldn't really get rid of, and it had something to do with his troubled past. But it's a it's a sad, sad story to hear. Say he's in a coma right now, fighting for his life. I don't know what the what the update is on that. That's what I heard yesterday. But right, yeah, he's on life sad. support at Las Vegas Hospital, yeah. and uh, sources um, have told ESPN uh, that there was a small improvement yesterday in his condition. Um, however, one source said, "quote He quote not out of the woods yet." Close quote. So, I mean, they, they've also said Wednesday that quote the next forty eight hours are critical. Yeah, you know. So this is kind. Of, this is a. This is an extremely scary story. Yeah. Um, you know, we we don't really know what combination of of medications he was on. Yeah. Um, I guess a search warrant allowed Nevada authorities to take a blood sample from Odom on Wednesday. Um, to determine what exactly was in his system so that maybe doctors can figure out what was the the bad combination mm-hmm. to make him in, to put him into this state. But as they warned, the, those results could take several weeks, which could, you know, be, it's going to be done by then. Either he's going to be improving and getting better or Lamar Odom's going to be passing by then. Right, so they need, yeah, they need the information. So, I mean, that's really not going to help you too much um, as far as trying to help him and, and nurse him back to uh, a better health as of right now. What do you think about? I've, I've been seeing all over Twitter people blaming like uh, the Kardashians, well, Chloe specifically for his downfall. What do you think about that? I mean, who's doing that? Like just everyday people. Like, how do they have the right to to say that it's going to be the Kardashians' fault? Well, it, it was like ever since he got on like the reality show, right. and then it was like a, it was one episode where. I guess they filmed, like, the breakup or something, mm-hmm. something like that. And then everybody was claiming, like, I was just scrolling through my Twitter and people were claiming that that was the reason that he had, his decline was so steep. 
because of losing Chloe. Hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's possible, right? I mean, people do crazy things in a breakup. Right. That's very true. I mean, uh, this type of story probably happens on the daily multiple times a day because people, you know, doing stupid things after a breakup. They're getting irrational. Yeah. They, you know, they're not thinking straight. They're like, oh, what's life? What's life now without, um, without, you know, my significant other? Is it worth it, though? I mean, like, and is that really the, the, the storyline? Like, is that the true reason? I mean, I don't think we'll ever find out. But it's yeah. possible, I it, would assume. It is possible. It is possible. I, the only reason we're hearing about it is because he was a two-time NBA, NBA champion, champion and a sixth man of the year award recipient. Yeah, I He's think. not John Smith from, you know, Bozeman, Montana. Exactly. If it I was, think. no one would care. Exactly. I understand. In the grand scheme of things. I mean, you don't want to lose a life, a human being. Right. I don't want to seem that cold-hearted. It just wouldn't get that the national Right. TMZ's not reporting it. Right. If that's true, I mean, that's sad. I mean, you should never... You know, go that crazy. Yeah, but he, I guess he was like he he was going through like a depression stage ever since he got traded from the Lakers. They said that was a really huge blow to him as well. So a lot of people are attributing like that could have been where the decline started because he never really had the same type of career. Well, he there was he like not even he was like out of basketball. Yeah, yeah. After the Kardashian thing hit, so exactly. I mean, apparently he apparently Chloe breaking up with him. Yeah. Well, it hit him hard. Yeah, I guess so. Who knows? A hunter and employee uh, spokesman of the brothel said Odom reported doing cocaine before his visit to Love Ranch because he knew the brothel had a strict anti-drug policy. The women who work there are trained to, quote-unquote, stop the party if drugs are seen. Hmm. Now, quick question. This might be a dumb question, but what is a brothel? Is that like a bar or something? More like a a gen gentleman's club, oh, okay, of sort, but uh, take it to the extreme. Okay, got you, got you. That's the best description I can do. Yeah, my imagination at nine fifteen in the my morning. My imagination is running pretty wild right now. Um, I mean that's that that could be. It could be an off-air conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so according to Hunter, the uh, spokesman, apparently Odom stayed at the best VIP suite on an open-ended reservation, or, yeah, op- open-ended reservation and was accompanied by two women. He spent an amount beyond five figures at the brothel that day, which, it, which would have been negotiated privately between him and, the, him and um, the, as you would say, employees. The women are contractors who get 50% of the negotiated price. So apparently he's, he's, he's mixing cocaine use, sexual performance enhancing drugs. Uh, apparently he was drinking some cognac as he was arriving as well, this story's saying. <clears throat> That's a, yeah. That's I don't know, but you know, like, you, like you said about the Kardashian situation, Chloe supposedly has been at his side at the hospital since Tuesday evening. The AP is reporting, the Associated Press is saying. Oh, jeez. Well, now remember, they, it was already back in 2013 that she filed for divorce, right. citing irreconcilable differences. So this has been going on. So his decline has been going on for two years, for years almost now. close to three years. We're in the middle of October already. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I mean, I think Lamar Odom's got a lot of issues. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think so. I think it, it stems from his past. I think the issues didn't start when um, Chloe, when him and Chloe separated. I feel like it started when he got traded from the Lakers. Because after he got traded from the Lakers, his play wasn't the same. Like he did one stint, I think, with the Mavericks, and then with the Clippers, and it was just he was just sporadically in and out of the league, and his head was no longer in the game, and and then the Chloe. Probably the Chloe situation just set it over the top. Right. So I'm not going to, like, put all the blame on her. I mean, you can't really blame her, though. No, you know, I mean, it's... People have differences right. in relationships, you know what I'm saying? And, she's and doing her thing. Day. Yeah. It's your job to grow up emotionally and exactly. deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. But Diddy, no. No. So, I mean, it's sad, though. But uh, you're it's right. Sad. That that trade from L.A. is, is an important thing because what he built, you know, he was a reality TV star dating Khloe Kardashian, obviously, who, whom he was madly in love with, and then also playing basketball for the L.A. Lakers in one of the biggest markets in, in the country. Yeah. Um, it was all just slowly falling apart. He was, he was he, you know, was getting traded to Charlotte. I mean Charlotte from LA. Yeah. Come on. Not not I mean just look at the markets, look at where they're geographically located and look at their play a couple of years ago. Now Charlotte's probably about on the same level if not higher than LA. They're, yeah, they're, exactly. They're probably higher right as, as And um but at the time Charlotte was lucky to win 25 games in a season. And um that comes with the business though. Right, you got to get traded. Yeah. And I mean I think that Coupled with the then divorce and everything, he just saw things just start to slip away out of his control and le- and fr- and leaving Los or leaving Los Angeles, and that just did not bode well for him and his psyche. I, I couldn't agree more. So uh, we, uh, you know, we obviously will follow this story as it moves along in this week, and you know, just hope and pray that Lamar Odom can uh, survive this. I guess, like you said, he's in a coma, terrible condition, uh, critical condition. At a Las Vegas hospital, after uh, reportedly being found unconscious in a in a brothel in legal brothel in Las Vegas, so we'll keep that story posted um, tomorrow if there's any updates, and then into next week right here in the morning after. All right, you first break of the day. Come back, NFL talk. Now we'll get to what happens on the field, um, on the courts, instead of off the field stuff as uh, the morning after rolls along. Right after this. 924 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Tyler and Chewy here on a Thursday morning. Thank you all for tuning in at EdinburghNow.com as well as the TuneIn app on mobile devices. We got you covered. We're everywhere you are and everywhere you want to be. You can take us with you wherever. Wherever. And then, of course, if you... Global. International, global. All the like. Also... Are um have a podcast as well on SoundCloud, EdinburghNow.com. Check that out. Every afternoon we get that bad boy up there so you can check this this any part of the show that you missed or just want to watch it again or excuse me, listen to it again because it's just that darn good. Yeah. Because as you said last night on Twitter, um, this is the greatest radio show in, in the, the world. world. Yes. The greatest radio. I, I advise everybody to tune in every day, not just Tuesday, Thursdays when I'm here, but every day. I mean, it, it's it's a little better when you're here, though, right? Think so? I mean, I don't know. I'm just, ta- I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying oh, that because you're here. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I thought it was a, a legit compliment. <laughs> it was sincere. Compliment. Sorry. <laughs> okay. uh, 
Anywho, so it, of course, um, EdinburghNow.com, where we're, our live stream is housed. Um, but to also check out there. I mean, the Spectator is up there. New ETV content gets it, finds its way up there as well. Uh, the Spectator is just dropping today. Brand new Spectator uh, making its way around campus and town as we speak. Um, and I'm sure all I'm sure some of their online some of the stuff from this issue is either online now or will be finding its way onto the website shortly. Um, as I go on to edinburghnow.com, let's take a look. Yeah, there's there's uh, online content already up there for most, if not all, from this issue. So you can head on to edinburghnow.com, check that out if you're not in the area. Um, we also have a full PDF of the entire issue as well now this year available. So that's cool stuff. Um, but yeah, spectators out and about. I just on our break, our uh, our uh, cleaning lady that comes on through Compton and and our, our offices here, Chewy takes takes very good care of us. She stopped and said, "Can I have a spectator?" I was like, "Absolutely." She says she looks forward to it every week. So oh, there wow. you go. Ch- touching touching people everywhere. Heck so yeah, the spectator, you know, and high demand. Changing lives. High demand. So check that out. Good good stuff as always. Uh, from page one through page sixteen. Yeah, those are those are very well put together though. They are. I, I can definitely gotta give. Gotta give upper management, you know, credit. Yeah. Not me. Not you. No upper management. Oh uh, well. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. All the other editors as well, doing a good job. I mean, my job is not that hard. I do sports. Yeah. There's nothing complicated about. I mean, that. I have to interview you, Coach Cleary. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's not that. Yeah. 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 I agree. A lot of other people got other harder jobs. All right. Speaking of of not. Maybe hard, not so hard jobs playing in the National Football League. Um, Thursday nighter, week six gets underway, eight twenty-five kick. So you should be uh, listening to eight, to our call of the Edinburgh game tonight, and then uh, have that on, and then you know have the game on mute when that kicks off because that one when that kicks off, Edinburgh will probably be in the fourth quarter, if late third quarter, depending on how the contest goes. Um, so New Orleans Saints five and zero, chew New Orleans Saints. Visiting the one and four, or I mean the five and zero Atlanta Falcons, excuse me, going to the one and four New Orleans Saints. One eight twenty five tonight on CBS or the NFL Network. Um, so far, Falcons on the road, three and a half point favorites on the road. That's a slap in the face to the Saints that they can't even get a toss up at home. At, at they don't home. deserve it, but that's just really saying a lot about the Saints. You, you know what? The records of these two teams says a lot about my predictions because I I thought the Saints would be in a, a much better position at not at one and four here midway through the season. I figured that they would be at least three and two at at the very least, um, and I didn't definitely didn't see the Falcons coming in at five and zero. Oh, so that just says a lot about what I know about football. So <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, this is, this is a good matchup. I do like I do like the Falcons in this one. Um, Matt, Matt Ryan's playing well. They have a, a, a playmaker, a running back. I don't know his full name, Freeman, but it seems like every time he touches the ball, like Devonta Freeman. Yeah, Devonta Freeman. Okay, it's probable for tonight for Thank, the Falcons. He's probable. Okay, well, a little, a little banged up. Seems like every time he touches the ball, something uh, magical happens. He's a big play threat. Um, obviously, they've got uh, Julio Jones there on the outside. I, I like the Falcons in this one. Going with the fa- right away with the right, right away with the prediction. Yeah, I played the sports center because you were like boom, <laughs> Falcons, and you're right. I mean, this really should not be a close contest. The only thing would be the Saints trying to play up for the night and just be like, you know what, this is a divisional game. We could really screw with the Falcons. Yeah. The Falcons are undefeated, one of the few remaining teams 
uh, that still are without a loss so far this season. They're just going to try to play spoiler because, let's be honest, the Saints season's over. This is, this is beyond fixable at this point. You're 1-4, and four, and the Falcons, who are in your same division, are 5-0. and oh. Yeah, you can't you can't come back. I mean, you have almost as many losses as the Falcons do wins already through the same five weeks of the season. There's not much you can do to to resurrect this season. Drew Brees just hasn't played that well. Six touchdowns, three interceptions. That's okay, but that's not you know great. That's not what Drew Brees has been doing. I think the Saints' huge biggest problem, Chew, um, is that they don't have Jimmy Graham anymore, and I think they really underestimated what he did for this offense, not just to his own production and his own stat line, but what he did to a defense. You know, they had to key in on him at the tight end position. When you almost, when you're arguably your best receiver is your tight end, that does a lot to the defensive backfield. Yeah, it does. That really throws it for a tizzy. And now that, and they just let him (laughs) walk out the door and went to Seattle, and now you don't have to work. And then they thought, oh, that's fine. We got Drew Brees. He's got other weapons he can throw to. He's got... You know he's got a uh, he's got a Marquise Colston, Scott, you know other guys that he can throw out of Brandon Cooks, as well. Yeah. But they're not as good. They're no, not they're a Jimmy not. Graham. No, no, they're, they're not a game not. changer. Andrew Brees has been turning the ball over too. I think he had like, was it last week? He had like two interceptions. Or he was fumbling. He had two fu- at had least two, two fumbles, fumbles last yeah. week against the Eagles. I mean they lost to the Eagles last week. What's well, the score? I can't remember. It was like 30, 40, here we go, 39 to 17. Should have been 55. The Eagles, Eagles, Sam Bradford threw two interceptions in the red zone. That could have easily at least been turned into field goals. There's six more points, potentially 14 more. Um, And then the Eagles potentially should have gone for a field goal opportunity. It would have been a 52-yarder, but they decided to go for it on like fourth and nine. Don't ask me why. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of interesting. So... And the Falcons are looking for three straight wins versus the Saints. Well, it looks like they're going to get their fourth. The last time, well, no, this would be their third straight. Oh, this would be the yeah, third. Yeah, they, they swept the, the season game. series a year ago against the Saints and are looking for their third straight. The last time the Falcons had a three-game win streak against New Orleans occurred from 1995 through 99 when they won 10 straight. Jeez. So it's been a while since that happened. Um, basically 20 years since the start of that streak. But, yeah, this, 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 this game is not um, that intriguing of a contest. I mean, I think, I think it will be closer than people expect just because of it being at home for New Orleans, because it's at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I think New Orleans is going to step up and just play because play above what they are as a team because it's a divisional game. But I still think Atlanta wins by 17. I would say, at the end of the day. I mean, Drew Brees is probably good for one turnover in this contest. Um, That Atlanta most likely will turn into points. I mean, Atlanta's defense is unbelievable. Dan Quinn, I talk about this all the time. He's easily the coach of the year. Easily? I mean, well, give me me another NFL coach right now that you think deserves coach of the year. I wish Uh, I had the Jeopardy song. (laughs) I'm waiting. I don't know. I'm a, I think I think you got it. I think it right. you have that one. It has to be Dan Quinn. I mean, yeah. look at what he did with this Atlanta team. There's, there's, there really was not that much personnel change. Devonta Freeman coming in now, a little bit change. Julio Jones is still Julio Jones. Um, there's, Roddy White is there. Yeah, they might be healthier than they were a year ago, but this Atlanta Falcons team is not only playing well, they're finishing ball games. They're playing 60 minutes of football week in and week out. 
Their defense is superb with Dan Quinn, of course, through the defensive guy from Seattle. So he's got that defensive mindset bringing that in there. And I think he's, I think he's doing a tremendous job overall just motivating his players. I, I mean, to, to think under the Mike Smith era that Atlanta was going to be 5-0 and at any juncture of the season – is not possible. Yeah, definitely did. Because definitely they didn't, didn't finish contests. They were they couldn't pull away at the end. It was always like it seemed like Atlanta was always losing in a, in a field goal upset. You know what I mean? Or a field yeah. goal here, <laughs> they win, and then the next week they lose by a field goal. Atlanta was always so close in contests, and now they're they're not putting anything to chance in 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 closer outcomes because they're just taking care of business themselves. And I think they're going to do the same tonight. Win by at least two scores. I agree with everything you just said there. I agree. That's good that we agree, I guess. Yeah, yeah there's nothing wrong with the grand, but I, I was going to say I was gonna say 10 plus. 10 plus? You're yeah. going to get him a little bit closer? Yeah, I was going to make it a little bit. I think the Saints will make it interesting, but I, I just don't see it being uh, a tight-knit battle. I just don't see that. So I'll go with 10 plus. 10 plus. Uh, for that one, obviously, the spread, Falcons three-and-a-half point faves at home. Julio Jones, Roddy White listed on the injury report for the Falcons, but they are probable along with the other notables in the Falcons um, report. The Saints, Marquise Colston, uh, as of yesterday, was listed as doubtful for this contest. So, kind of keep an eye on that as the day progresses, especially if he's on your fantasy team. Different season for me, Chu, because I'm not playing fantasy football. Right. I've been playing fantasy like, football for years. Do you feel like you're not as invested? Oh no, I'm invested. I'm watching more football than ever. Oh okay. I yeah. have Sunday direct Sunday ticket. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. TV. You did. Yeah, you did tell me. So that. I mean, I'm watching more football than ever. But I think I actually I think it's less stressful because I'm like, oh, I need this guy to you know pick up some points here and there. Because I, right. I mean, there's there's you know the, the week's busy for me. Next thing I know, Sunday's here, and I, or, and especially with Thursday night games, I can't you know get my team. Gotcha. Together by that time, yeah, you don't have time there's too to much going on in my life. Out I got a football game football. tonight. I got to prepare for the broadcast. I got to go, you know, take some highlights and do some things uh, video wise for the sw- swim meet tomorrow night as they're opening their season. And then on Saturday, we're broadcasting live on ETV a women's soccer match. And potentially, Fenner and I are in talks. Some guy contacted us. There's some basketball shootout showcase happening on the dome on Sunday uh, for high school. Really? Hi- oh, high school? Okay. Yeah. And uh, they're looking for some voices from commentators, and they asked Fenner and I if we'd do it. We're in, we're in talks at the moment. Oh, okay. But uh, that potentially That's could be exciting. a thing from, yeah, like, sweet. Sunday morning. It's like, yeah, so they, ha- they have, like, they invite people to it. It's like the best kids in the area. Oh, the best the kids in the area, okay. To, uh, you know, come play. And then, like, it's streamed online so that people, scouts can watch, and then college coaches are in attendance, too. And This is now, this is happening at the, the dome. dome. Right. 9.30 a.m. till about 2.30 on Sunday, stop on by. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely check will. out some some young kids that'll you know you might be recruiting to Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a bunch of kids from Erie, yeah. all around the District 10 area. Oh. Yeah, That's Keystone State Shootout. Google I'll, it. I'll definitely actually I'm doing it right now. <laughs> um, let's take a quick look at the other NFL games, Chew. I asked you this this question a week ago, um, looking at the Week Five slate. What games maybe stand out for you? Dallas is on a bye as they're 
they are uh, reportedly going with a quarterback change. Brandon Whedon out, Matt Castle in as the starting quarterback for the Cowboys. Of course, both in replacement of Tony Romo, who should be out for at least a few more weeks with an injury. The Oakland Raiders enjoying a bye week this week, as well as the Rams, um, as well as Tampa Bay who just enjoyed their first win at home at Raymond James Stadium in quite some time. Looking down the slate, we said last week, um, Tubby and Fenner did with myself on Friday, we said there's not a lot of good games this 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 uh, weekend, and there were a lot of good games. Yeah, Three games went to overtime just in the first 1 o'clock slate. Um, that just showed how stupid we are. <laughs> so, I mean, I I'm, gonna, like I'm probably going to give myself a boo real quick for that one. To, but uh, what do you what do you uh, see when you look at that Sunday docket? Well, for as far as I like the the Monday night game, the Giants and the Eagles. Heck yeah, you do. Yeah, I like that matchup. Giants have been playing well. Eagles came off a big win, so I like that. Um, we got the that could be that could be for tops in the and the NFC East. Really, depending. I mean, the Cowboys are staying still. The Redskins could lose. The Eagles are gonna be right there. I like that. I counted I them out, like dead and out, and the Eagles are back. Yeah. Top, the NFC East, never say never. Yeah, they just needed some time to get their chemistry together. You got to get their crap together. Yeah, that's all they needed. And then I like the the Steelers and the Cardinals. That's a great matchup there. Steelers coming off that walk-off win on Big Monday night win. against the Chargers. Yep, Le'Veon Bell. With the, that with could the be a good one. Game. I mean, to see how Mike Vick can really test himself against one of the better teams in the National Football League, the Arizona Cardinals, defensively and offensively. The Cardinals seem pretty sound right now, much like sound, they did a year yeah. ago when Carson Palmer was healthy earlier in the year. Their biggest problem is just to keep Palmer healthy, healthy. through not only the 17 weeks of the regular season, but also through the postseason. I totally, I totally agree with you. The, the Cardinals are, are definitely hitting on all cylinders here. I like the. I also like the Chargers and the Packers, just because Aaron Rodgers is my guy. I will, I will always love to see him play. But I think I do think that's a good matchup, and it'll be an entertaining game. And uh, what else we got here? We got the Patriots and the Colts. That was a a game that's receiving a lot of headlines because of uh, obviously the deflate gate. WFSC is supported. Oh. My bad. Uh, it's a lot. Of, it's actually a lot of good matchups here. I like. I, there's a couple games. A lot of games I will be tuning into. Uh, and then the Bengals and the and the uh, Bills. That's a good one too. Bengals Bills. Yeah. You giving the Bills that? I mean, I don't know what to think of the Bills. Bills are good one week. The next week they're trash. Yeah, they're inconsistent. They're inconsistent. I do like them though. I do like them. I think the Bengals. Bengals I mean, they're playing a heck of a lot better than the Bills of the past. Don't get me wrong. Right, there. right, 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 right. But I just don't know what exactly they are right now. They are. Th- Three and a half point dogs at home to the Bengals. Bengals five and zero as well, just Undefeated, like the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, but don't forget it. Don't get too excited about the Bengals. It's week six. I think if I think if any game they'd lose, I th- I mean I could see the Bills upsetting the Bengals this week. I could see that as well. I mean the Bills just have that capability to if their defense plays a plus football uh, that they could cause a heck of a lot of fits for Andy Dalton. And uh, especially if they can, if Tyrod Taylor can get things going, I don't think the Bengals' defense is is anything to laud. Um, I mean, they're averaging, um, they're giving about 21 points a game, just under 21 uh, points a game. But the thing is, the Bengals are putting up nearly 30 points a contest. So, I mean, it's not like this this defense is shut down by any by any means. But and the Bills, we've seen and during this season, the Bills can't put points on the board. So that it's a that's a, that's almost like a trap game for the Bengals there, but the Bills are very capable. I think they just. I think at home you got to give a lot of credit to the Bills too. Yeah, yeah. I think they just if they're they, if they're a little bit more consistent, 
from week to week, their record would be better than what it is. But this is a game that they could win. Right. Now, I agree Arizona at Pittsburgh is going to be a good one. Um, as you said, Buffalo's game, I-, I think the Giants at the Eagles game obviously means a lot for me. In Philly, yeah. Giants at the Birds, yeah. my team. Um, but overall, that's a, that's a big contest for the NFC East overall yeah. and for football fans in general. Um, you know, see what the Giants can do and see what the Eagles can do. I mean, the Eagles are, are going to be on, on primetime television for the next couple weeks here in between their bye. Um, with their bye, I should say, with their bye squeezed in there. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, everyone thought that this team, especially with the preseason they had, was going to be unbelievable, and now they kind of just fell flat on their face to start the season. Um, I think another game of of interest, at least for a little bit, depending on. I'm not saying it's going to be a great contest to the end. Is Miami at Tennessee? Um, it's at Nashville, Tennessee. After that heartbreaking uh, come from behind loss with Buffalo a week ago, they lost two heartbreakers. If you go all the way back to the Indianapolis Colts game three weeks ago before their bye, um, and Miami with their new tight end coach, now the interim head coach, we'll have to see. You know, they 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 canned him after they canned Joe Philbin after the London game. Uh, their tight end coach had a whole bye week to prepare yeah. for his first contest as head coach. Now we'll have to see. they got to go on the road not too far of a travel, though, only to Nashville Nissan Stadium, 1 o'clock kick, to take on the Tennessee Titans. Miami season's basically done, um, especially when you make a mid-season coaching change. Um, <laughs> so, But they're 1-3, and, and so are the Titans. So it's going to be interesting. Right now it's a toss-up. Titans only one-point favorites at home. So we'll have to see about that. For the Miami Dolphins, cornerback Brent Grimes, the, the PSAC alum, Shippensburg Red Raiders standout, questionable for this contest. Left last week's game with an injury. So keeping that, on, keeping. Was, that, was he recently? Did he recently? Uh, or is this, has he been out of college? He's been out of college for a while. Okay. He was with Atlanta for a little while. Oh, okay. But, yeah, he's one of the him. I mean, Shippensburg produces NFL talent. John Kuhn for the Green Bay Packers. Um, wow. he's from Shippensburg. Wow, I had no idea. Come on, that's, chill. That's news to me. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta give you, I gotta give you some, <laughs> that, that's, that's just not good, sir. That's, that's, uh, that's something I should know. <laughs> you really should. I have to question you. Anywho, we're going to hit a break here. Hopefully get uh play by play man, Mike Fenner on the line here on the morning after talk Burrow football, of course, with that contest coming up tonight, six o'clock. I'm excited. I don't got a lot of time today, though. We're heading up to Erie around 3 o'clock, bus leaves. Okay. So we got to get moving and grooving, head on up there. So hopefully we'll get Fenner on the line um, during this break, and we'll come back with him, myself, and Chew. Talking Burrow football to wrap this one up. Don't go anywhere. Hungry? Looking for volunteer opportunities or just searching for a day of socializing? Come on down to the Edinburgh Food Pantry located on 124 Meadville Street in Edinburgh, PA. The Edinburgh Food Pantry provides food for those who cannot afford it otherwise. Several different stores like Wegmans and Giant Eagle provide food for the pantry. Receiving donations of all kinds from organizations all over the area, the Edinburgh Food Pantry is able to provide aid for families in need. For more information about the Food Pantry, contact Mary Weber at 814-734-1008. Yo, what's up? It's Mac Miller, a.k.a. Richard Nice. And uh, right now you're checking out Fighting Scots Radio, you know what I mean, right here at Edinburgh University. What's up? What's cracking? Mac Miller, D-Nice, you know how it be. Okay. 9.47 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Thank you all for tuning in here. EdinburghNow.com, the tune-in app on mobile devices. Don't forget about our podcast going up every afternoon on EdinburghNow.com. Tyler, Chewy alongside with me here on a Thursday edition of the show. And uh, we hit the last segment, so now 
Time to talk Burrow football. Normally a Friday-Monday tradition, of course, with, with uh, football normally being a Saturday matinee. But uh, Thursday night contest. Back-to-back Thursday night contests here in the season. Started the year off with one. Now we have one tonight at Gannon, and Edinburgh will host Mercyhurst next Thursday, October 22nd, in a Thursday night contest. That's also a 6 p.m. kick. But first, we're going to worry about the one tonight against the Gannon Golden Knights. So to talk about Burrow football, the like Chew, we're gonna. Um, we're uh, now being joined on the phone by this man. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. <laughs> here we go, brownies. Here we go. Mike Fenner on the line. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay, but that's starting to wear on me, man. <laughs> I, that's why I'm gonna keep playing it because you. It was. It was. You. It was okay. It was too okay with you in the beginning. So I think I gotta start playing it more. Yeah, you sound excited. Yeah, that's probably that's probably accurate. So there it is, uh, Mike. Thanks for the time today. Burrow, Gannon tonight, the uh, local rivalry. Four and two Gannon Golden Knights, one and two in the West. Edinburgh still searching for their first win of the season. Uh, they're off to an 0 and 6 start, the first one since 1954. Uh, what are your initial thoughts about this game? Gannon's been up and down this season, uh, obviously more up than down with the 4-2 record. Uh, has gone as high as receiving votes in the national polls and, uh, you know, has been in some close contests, lost to Gannon, or, or lost to Clarion, excuse me. What do you make of this contest heading in here with just, what is that now, about six hours, eight hours until kickoff? With, uh, with Gannon, they've been a team that has impressed me. Uh, they do have the two losses with Clarion and Slippery Rock, but let's be honest, those are impressive losses if, if you're going to lose football games. Because uh, clearly, Clarion's the real deal this season at 6-0 and uh, and that 47-31 loss. Disappointing, though, for Dan, is that that does come uh, you know, early on in the season when they, they're pretty good after a 3-0 start. Uh, then they get Slippery Rock for homecoming, and that was really a beatdown as well. The Rock, even the best of Dan, 41-14. Uh, their first three games, I don't really think they were terribly tested with Southern Connecticut State, Cheney, and Kutztown, albeit two of those on the road. Um, but they gutted out a win last week at Mercyhurst, their cross-town Erie rival. Uh, kicking a 30-yard field goal with under a minute and a half to go. That was really a gutsy performance, a gritty win, and a win they had to have. Uh, Dan and the team that was picked to win the West, right now you know, those dreams and aspirations are up in the air. And they're going to have to win this game tonight. So I'm going to see it probably a desperate football team uh, that's going to do anything they can to win, even though really it hasn't been as pretty as they expected so far. I think they still have a huge say in how this Western Division shakes out. Certainly do. And, um, you know, this is a Thursday night contest, so a short turnaround for both squads who played on Saturday. Gannon a little bit more time as they played earlier on Saturday than Edinburgh did, of course, coming off homecoming against Clarion. Thursday night, uh, not been so great to the Fighting Scots. They are 1-5 and five in Thursday night games under uh, Coach Browning, including 0-4 oh in their last four. Uh, so, you know, how much stock do you put into the Thursday nighter, um, you know, curse, if you will, um, for Edinburgh? Honestly, I think you throw the record out. Uh, it hasn't been the season you've wanted so far for Edinburgh. So I think you just, you know, you go out and pretend it's Saturday. You go out and pretend it's any day of the week. Uh, and just try and get yourself amped up and excited to play football. Clearly, you know, it didn't go well with the season opener in St. Joe's, a uh, team that was pretty powerful coming into Sox Harrison Stadium to open up this season. And uh, clearly a second half of the opener last year, Carson Newman wasn't ideal for this team either. 
So Thursday night has not treated this team well, as you said. Uh, but with the way that the season has started, I think you just got to go out there and play and try and have fun because uh, that's probably the, the best way to get these guys motivated to do to do their best. Certainly does. So now taking a taking a look at this Gannon Golden Knights squad. Obviously, not everyone's going to be following. The other schools in the PSAC, like you and I do, we treat it just as much about the NFL as we do anything else. Um, Gannon coming into this one, scouting the Golden Knights, uh, got got you know one of the best quarterbacks in Division Two, Liam Nadler, uh, you know leading with experience and the like for this Gannon Golden Knights squad as he is now in his redshirt senior season. They got Brock Jones at tailback. They just got a lot of weapons. What do you what do you make of the firepower of the Gannon uh, offense? This offense reminds me a lot of what Edinburgh saw coming into the Clarion game this past week, but with an even better rushing attack, truthfully. Uh, this passing attack is just as good as what Connor Simmons and company brought to the table, if not better. Uh, Liam Nadler with 15 touchdown passes, just over 1,600 yards passing as well, and only three interceptions, much like his counterpart at Clarion. And then Justin Ham comes in with 36 catches, 10 touchdowns, which is good for only third of the PSAC, but that's also good for third in Division Two when you consider that Matt Lehman and John Schnarrs both, you know, reside in this conference. Uh, and then Eli Pinter as well with 35 receptions and 424 yards. So I think you see a lot out of the passing attack. But then, you know, Brock Jones is much stronger, in my opinion, than Delrisi Williams at Clarion. 6.7 yards per carry, good for third in the league for Brock Jones, and seven touchdowns as well. And they've got a couple other guys to compliment him as well as uh, Tyler Johnson is a local guy from Northeast High School here in District 10 as a backup who's gotten a lot more volume this year. We saw a little bit of him last year in the game contest on that Thursday night, uh, but he's gotten even more looks this season as he's continued to progress. So this offense to me is very potent, very dangerous, and I think it's very deceptive when you look at the fact that they come in as the number seven scoring team in the league at 32.8 points per game. I think they're much better than that uh, than what they're listed on paper. What's up, Mike? This is this is Chewy. Um, like, What's going on, man? What's going on? Like you said earlier, <clears throat> Edinburgh's not having the season that they wanted. What do you think should be their motivation going into this game? Like, what do you think they should key on and rely on to get them motivated uh, to play this game? I mean, sometimes you hate to hear it, but playing spoiler can be very satisfying when you've got that opportunity because Gannon still has, you know, even even though they're one and two in the West, they still have. <laughs> these aspirations of winning the division and, and trying to play postseason football. Uh, and you got, you got to think about the last two seasons as well, uh, because, you know, in this matchup, but there's only been nine games. Edinburgh won the first seven contests in a series started back in 2001. And since Gannon has joined the PSAC in 2008, they have gradually, you know, climbed that ladder, and now they're the team at the top. Uh, and in the last two meetings, the only two meetings Gannon's ever beaten Edinburgh, they've put up over 50 points in each matchup. So I think there's a little bit of a revenge factor. You've got to be a little bit motivated because of those games. And then, you know, playing spoiler and realizing you could ruin a team's season and put them at three PSAC losses in the West. That they can. Uh, Gannon, the, uh, one of the teams to watch in the PSAC West. Uh, one thing to watch for them is they are uh, fifth in the PSAC in sacking the quarterback defensively, t- bringing down opponents' passers 17 times this season. So the offensive line for Edinburgh is going to have to really step up the game, step up in the game tonight, Mike. Uh, appreciate the time. 
this morning on the morning after, and uh, I will see you in a few hours as we get on that bus getting up to I-79 for tonight's contest, which you can hear right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app, and the Keystone Sports Network. Pre-game starting at 545, correct, sir? Oh, yeah. Should be fun, and uh, looking forward to get back, getting back to Erie for some more PSAC football. There you go, sir. We'll talk to you later. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you, Mike. There's Mike Fenner on the line giving us a quick Borough football talk, Chewy, uh, here on the morning after. Uh, we'll have him on in some capacity tomorrow as well to recap it when Tubby is back with me here on the show for his usual Friday times. We're out of time today, Chew. Good work today, sir. Good work, yeah. Good work, by all, uh, as always, from you. We will see you on Tuesday. Can't keep giving you these these week long breaks. You know what I mean. We got to get you in here, and get you working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No issues with that. There no you problem. go. So we appreciate uh, the time, Chew. As always, good stuff. The like, um, and we thank you all for tuning in. That's the Thursday edition of the morning after. Don't forget Edinburgh football tonight versus Gannon. Six o'clock kick right here on the Fighting Scots Radio. Also Keystone Sports Network. Fenner and myself. On the call, make sure you tune in for that and listen to Borough Football. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you tonight and tomorrow on the morning after.